Midwife Crisis Podcast will touch on sensitive topics regarding the human body, sexuality, pregnancy, and all aspects of women's health care, and may not be suitable for all listeners. Happy New Year! I'm Kate. And I'm PR. And this is the Midwife Crisis Podcast Microsode, the podcast where you learn it's not just you. This is where we answer listener emails, readdress previous episodes, and importantly, share our self-care. Today, we have a lovely message from our Facebook page. It reads, Hello, you two. I'm about to start my midwifery bachelor degree here in Australia, and I happened upon your podcast and just want to let you know that I love it. Yay! That's amazing. You're both so sweet, honest, funny, and inspiring, and I can't wait to be just like you. And then in parentheses, my own version of just like you, I mean, of course. Of course, mate. I've listened to every episode in Microsoft, and I can't wait to hear more. Lots of love and much oxytocin, Phoebe. So thank you so, so much, Phoebe, for your lovely message. Um, You know, the more I read messages like this and comments on our social media, which, by the way, we love. Please keep them coming. We want to hear from you. Uh, the more I sometimes feel like an imposter, you know, I'll be reading these messages and think, are they talking to me? Um, we'll take that Merkin off your head <laughs> <laughs> and those glasses, those funky Groucho Marx glasses and maybe you know, we'll like see my who glasses. you really are. <laughs> no, but, uh, for me as a midwife, imposter syndrome as, you know, as it's sort of termed has been a constant in my career. Um, you know, I know sometimes I'll be in a room and someone will ask me a question and I'll feel like I need to look behind me and be like, oh, you're, you're talking to me, you know, because I don't feel like I'm the provider sometimes. Um, you know, I still sometimes feel like I'm learning and, you know, maybe I shouldn't be in charge and that kind of thing. And I think that can sometimes be harmful. Um, so my question for us tonight is how can we help encourage ourselves and what can we do to, you know, fight that feeling, that feeling of being a fake? Well, first of all, Phoebe, I just want to send some condolences to you in Australia because of the loss of all those little lives, those fauna lives. Absolutely. Um, I was in Australia earlier, well, not even earlier this year, last year in the spring, and it was beautiful country. I fell in love with it, and I was very saddened by what's been going on there with the fires. So we do want to send our emotions your way. Um, and, you know, we'll try to help in whatever way we can. Usually that involves donating. Mm-hmm. Anyway, back to the subject at hand. Um, this is an emotion that I think strikes everyone in our line of work. It's rare when you don't consider when does the fakery end and when does my cape come off and the curtains come down on Oz. Yeah, it's and totally true. And everyone sees the real you. And you, there are even times when you do things and you wonder, how did I think of that? oh my goodness, like in a situation where you need to think quickly Mm -hmm. or how did I get away with that? Sometimes it's like an out-of-body experience. Like I'll be talking to a patient and they'll ask me a question and I'll be talking and while I'm still talking to them or counseling them or educating them, I can also see myself and be like, oh my God, I'm just like, it's just coming out of me. Like I know all this stuff. Yeah, I've had that experience (laughs) where you're talking and you're, you're thinking, who is that talking? Right. <laughs> is that is that my voice that I hear? And right. like all that knowledge that you're spewing. And then you say, do I really know that? Do I believe it? But you get away with things and you not really get away with them. You know more than you think. 
and you click your heels and you live another day to practice. But the reality usually is, um, or it should be, that you work really hard at your craft and you um, work really hard at honing your skills and staying on top of the evidence. And it all comes together to make you a solid provider and one that others eventually turn to. So that's when you answer those questions. Yeah. And I remember the first couple of years I was in practice, I, was, I felt like I was still in school mm-hmm. because I was constantly looking things up and constantly studying and studying and studying so that when yep. folks asked, when I was asked that question, I would not be running back to, oh, hold that thought, I'll be right back mm-hmm. and trying to look something up so that I could know it off the top of my head. And eventually it starts to click where you don't have to look things up. You know what you're doing. You know how to do it. Not always, but um, when There's a lot of common things where you right. get like your spiel. Like you just like- You do. <laughs> build you it do. Up. And, you know, especially with regard to babies, they come out north or south. They mm-hmm. come out from the vagina. Mm-hmm. They come out from the abdomen. There are some things that are going to always be hard and fast, but there are many, um, hopefully- Science is getting better and we're developing better ways to do what we do. Yeah. The other truth about this is that this is a profession that requires lifelong learning. That is true. And so if you're not into that, then you'll be a faker until you (laughs) fail. For real. Yeah. It it won't be fakery. It will be um, close your ears. It'll be fuckery because that's what's going to happen. Somebody's going to get in some deep do. Absolutely. Um, but the majority of us were called to do this. And so we do, we'll do anything to be good at it, to be our best at it, to have, be that person that people look to for that information, not just our patients, but also our colleagues. And so yeah, um, that's sort of how I think about it. Yeah. So I totally agree. Um, and I think first and foremost, um, if you're someone who starts to feel this way, I just want to let you know, I think it's something that specifically women do to themselves. You know, I I feel this way and I don't hear my husband saying that he feels that way. You know what mm. I mean? Um, but I have so many girlfriends and I know so many women who are engineers and doctors and no matter what their profession, they will sit there and be like, holy shit. You know, like I locked myself in my office for 15 minutes and felt like I was going to cry because I'm like, how am I going to do this? You know, and I think we all feel that way. So I think the most important thing to say is like we're humans with emotions. And so know that when you're feeling like, oh, gosh, I'm a big fake. Everyone's going to know you're not alone because we've all been there at some point. And I think, honestly, if you didn't feel that way then there might be something wrong because again, that's the thing that drives you to be better and always be like evolving and working towards, I don't know, greatness. So I think that there needs to be some humility in your practice, right? That you can always, um, you can do everything you could and you can fit, you know, the situation fails Yeah. or you didn't do everything you could because you didn't know enough because you weren't ready. Right. And so you need to be humble but I think that that's it's really interesting that you mentioned the whole difference between sort of male men and women mm-hmm. that there's less of that that goes on, I think, with men. I think yeah. a lot of men are raised to have that sort of bravado mm-hmm. and that courage from when they're young. Mm-hmm. Like you're strong, you're fine. Yeah, we need to be teaching our girls the same thing. Absolutely. You're strong, you're fine. You can do this. Have yeah. confidence. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. 
Um, I think another good point that you made too is just taking advantage of all the learning opportunities. So again, the really cool thing about our practice is that it's always evolving and there's so many opportunities in medicine and midwifery to just learn. So you can go to conferences, there's a bajillion of them. Um, and I know both of us have been to some great ones. Um, you have to do CEUs to do your, um, your midwifery license. To I forgot make, what it was called. Right, to, make, <laughs> to maintain your board certification. Um, right. But so certain amounts of learning opportunities. Um, there's midwifery journals and also, of course, like obstetric journals. Um, you can go to your AC&M meetings and you have to do modules as well when you research for your, um, yeah, for your uh, license. So there's all these opportunities to learn and just take advantage of them. You know, also at our hospital, we have different resources on our electronic, mon uh, not monitoring, electronic charting, mm -hmm. um, where we can use certain library services. So we can look up different medications. We can look up, you know, the most, um, the most up-to-date on up-to-date. Right. You can reference, <laughs> right. you know, lots of references. And, um, and I think don't be scared to do that. I've certainly been with a patient before and said, honestly, I don't know. Right. And either let's go in my office and we'll look it up and figure it out or give me a couple of days and I will get back to you. Or I'm going to send you to this person because I'm not sure what I'm looking at. And and I think patients have always responded really well to that. Um, for me, they've always said, I really appreciate your honesty. Like, I've never heard anyone say, well, I don't want to see you because you don't know anything, you big dumb. <laughs> well, so that does bring me to sort of another point, which is that you you are not going to be the perfect person for everyone. No. And we are, again, in a sort of female-driven area of care as well as, uh, you know, career. You know, most midwives tend to be born as female women. Yes. And um, I think sometimes you're not the perfect person for a patient and that's okay. And I have to say personally, that has been the hardest thing for me to stomach. You know, if I see a patient and then they ask to see someone else the next time, I feel terrible. Like I feel like I will take it to my grave and just be like rolling around, decomposing in the ground, thinking about how that lady didn't like her pap with me. But <laughs> when you think about the millions and bajillions of women all over the world, of course, every single person's not going to love me. Right. I know this. I know this in a really reasonable part of my mind, but sometimes it's hard to separate the emotions. So I'm telling you out there, everyone, that it's okay. Not everyone's going to love you and that's okay. And I got this really great advice from um, one of the female obstetricians I work with who I absolutely love who said, what other people think about you is none of your business. Mm. And I just like, that went right to my soul, right? Because we can't be worrying about what everyone else does. We have to live our truth and do our best. Right. And um, and that's going to be the best that we can give them. And if it's not right for them, that's okay. There's certainly someone else out there that will be a good match. As my mother said, there's a lid for every pot. Yeah. And so the same is true for your, your own health care. And so if you can't find, if you're not with someone who you are enjoying to, you know, being cared for by, then you can move on to the next person. And we, it takes time. In the beginning, it is hurtful. Mm -hmm. But over time, you realize that you are not for everyone. Right. And you try to be the best you can for everyone that you see. And, and it's their choice. Absolutely. Really. You know, I also... <laughs> coming just coming back to it just to really drive it home um I actually had a therapist when I first um got married and I was like starting as a nurse and all this stuff a lot of big life changes and 
I would get worried if someone was upset that they were upset with me. And I would always say, I just feel like they're upset with me. And my therapist said, do you know how selfish that sounds? Like how self-centered that is? Like every single thing is not involved with you. Every single problem doesn't stem from you. And that... How long ago was that? (laughs) I feel like that was last week. (laughs) (laughs) That just stays... Well, yeah. I mean, and again, I... I am horrible at this. I have crippling anxiety and I'm always worried about pleasing people because I care about people, you know, yes, and, and, that's, you and that's what it is to a fault and, and admittedly. But I will just tell you that sometimes if I'm getting really wrapped up in it, I think to myself, okay, this really probably doesn't have anything to do with you. And if you're that concerned, you can always say, is it me? And if the person says no, you leave it, you just like leave it right there, mm. you know, and be done with it. So again, something I'm working on, something that maybe will help others as you're starting to get into this, because again, feeling like a fraud or, you know, realizing that you might not be the perfect person for someone is a real reality of the job. And um, yeah, and hopefully that can help you. So thank you so much, Phoebe, for writing us. We know you didn't ask a question, but thanks for inspiring us to um, to talk about this a little bit because it's true not just for midwifery. It's true for, as um, Kate said, it's true for all careers. Just about at some point, you you have to stop and wonder, and I think that that's a good thing. I think that you know, I think that uh, if you never do, I think you're repugnant. Oh man. I know someone like that. <laughs> 45. But anyways, that's I'm not going to go. That's enough for that. Yep. All right. <laughs> Who never questions anything. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're back, and you're listening to the Midwife Crisis Podcast, Microsode. This week, we have a follow-up visit. Oh. (laughs) A while back, we discussed the yearly well-woman visit, and importantly, confidentiality matters with patients even under the age of 18. Not long after we recorded that episode, rapper T.I. was a guest on the podcast, Ladies Like Us. And when asked about taking his kids, talking to his kids about sex, he said when discussing his daughter, his 18-year-old daughter, Deja, not only have we, this is him, not only have we had the conversation, we have yearly trips to the gynecologist to check her hymen. Yes, I go with her. He also informed the podcast hosts, as well as their listeners, that as of her 18th birthday, her hymen is still intact. He later, clar- he later clarified on Jada Pinkett Smith's show, Red Table Talk, I never said I was in any exam room. That's an assumption. That's a falsity. He said, I never said that it was being done present day as an 18-year-old. And I never said that her mother wasn't present. Yeah, her mom was present every time. This is not okay. I'm just, I like, I'm so furious. I wish I, you could see like the steam coming out of my ears. 
it is so gross. He just blew her merkin off. Yes. So everyone here, if you listen to that episode and if you didn't, I'm here to tell you that this is just not okay at all. This is abusive. This is controlling. Young women and people who have female reproductive organs have a right to their privacy no matter what age. So when you come in and like we said, when you're a teenager and you come in and you're 17, unless you are doing something that's going to harm yourself or someone else, that is confidential. So it doesn't matter if you're under your parents' insurance. It doesn't matter, you know, who's Who's paying the bill. Exactly. That is between us. And not only that, but virginity is a social construct. The hymen being intact or not intact is it's not a, a thing. Yeah. It's a joke. You know, like, and people always say like, oh, you know, horseback riding doesn't make you not a, like, whatever. <laughs> There's all kinds of things that can like affect your hymen. Just like using a tampon. Like, you mean to tell me that your 18-year-old daughter doesn't do that? Because guess what? That couldn't, you know, change the integrity of her hymen. So yes. like, that is not a hard and fast thing. And it's gross and having your mom present like first of all shame on her but also that doesn't make it okay and if any of this is true this provider for letting any of the shenanigans stuff happen is also a stinker like I don't I don't know what else to say like if you knew that that was going on if if I had a parent come in my office and demand to know whether or not the hymen was intact on their child I would tell them to go fuck themselves can you can can you excuse me while I throw open my <laughs> mouth a little bit? Can you imagine? Now listen, I do have to say that after my first GYN exam, I did ask if my hymen was intact. But I personally asked about my hymen because I was like, how many pads do I need to put down when I'm gonna have penis vagina sex? You know? But that's different. That's a parent doesn't a, need to know that. That's a funny question too. <laughs> um and my first GYN exam. I went in with my hymen intact and oh. I came out with it not intact. And right. it doesn't, it, it, it's, it's irrelevant. Um, that was part of the assault, So, uh, which I've talked about in previous episodes. So it's really, you know, shame on him. But, you know, he, this, this uh, speaks to a level of ignorance that is yeah. pervasive. And people like him, you know, it's really interesting. I don't know him personally. I don't know his wife, Tiny, personally. But um, there, people look up to them. Mm-hmm. When you're a celebrity, people look up to you. They look sometimes more than books. They look to your opinion. Uh, they value your opinion. They hold it as truth. Right. And it can be bullshit. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Which this is really. Yeah. But and um, I find the the points that he's trying to make and trying to, you know, defend himself. Like, oh, this was misconstrued, but. No, you are the one who shared this. No one asked you to share any of that. And then you trying to clarify the things you're clarifying still don't make it OK. It's it's not OK. No one has the right to anything to control anything about your body or your health care except for you. Well, you know, to hold he's trying to hold his daughter up in high regard, which is fine. You want to. But. That's not anybody's business. The whole right. thing is not your business. It's not yours to even tout. Right. It's it's really her. It's her sexual health. It's mm-hmm. her body. It's her business to put out there if that's something she wants out there. You know, that's absolutely true, too. She didn't ask for any of that to be shared. So who, who I mean, we're not to say maybe she was totally into that and, and wanted her parents involved. We don't yeah, know that. Excuse but... me, Dad. <laughs> do, the next time you're being interviewed, could you please... 
Um, could you talk about my hymen and my vagina and how you come in with me and hold my hand while I'm, while I'm being examined? Yeah. And tell them that I'm still a senorita. Yeah, I don't. Ugh, barf. Yikes. Yep. So anyway, so we just wanted to readdress that. And just in case anyone had any misunderstandings about it, under 18, as long as you are safe and you're not going to harm yourself or someone else, it is confidential. And we don't have to say anything to anyone and nor should we be unless you specifically ask us to address your parents, your sister, whoever you you know want us to. Otherwise, no, it's just between us. Absolutely. Now that we've gotten that out of our system. <laughs> Have we? I feel like I could just like still flip the table. I won't though. I don't I don't want Eamon to get mad at me, but I feel like I could flip the table. <laughs> she could. And then she'd spill water and everything everywhere. I'm sure she could flip the table. She gets upset oh, about God. these things. Yep. I do too. I but I can walk away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now that we've gotten it, well, we've spoken, <laughs> what we said what we wanted to say about it, whether we were asked to comment or not, let's talk about the self-care corner. Let's let's go to the self-care corner. I All think right. that's a good place to go after that nastiness. I think, I think it is, too. Let's just, like, nice deep breath, <sighs> zen out. My watch will be like, take some deep breaths. <sighs> yep, very nice. Perfect. So how have we loved ourselves uh, these past few weeks? Oh, I wish I had my um, my little Buddha and the bell. Oh, ding, I know ding, I do love ding. that. Next time I'm going to bring okay. it for self care corner. I think you should. That's amazing. All right, look look for that. Look for that next time. Uh, Amen. Are you going to be our Buddha? <laughs> you don't go ting. No. Anyhow. All right. So uh, okay. So my self care comes with like a little bit of a confession. I it's it's just something I need to share. Just throw out there. Um, no matter how like pop punk I am no matter how many like mosh pits I've been in um my absolute favorite band is Hanson and yes Bob Hanson uh okay. they're still they're still making music they still tour they still sell out shows they're still living they're still living no they're not children they're all married they all have children as a matter of fact they actually love midwives and have used midwives or talked to them about it um but anyway seeing Hanson literally all over the world has been my gift to myself. Um, and so this past weekend, I secured tickets, this crazy getting tickets for their concerts. Again, it's funny because people are like, they're even still touring, but you don't even know. <laughs> like within their fan base, it's it's bananas. And so every year they have a big fan weekend, a big fan event in May um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they're from, and they sell tickets. And some of the tickets are like anyone can go. Some of them are limited tickets. And so when they go on sale, it's insanity. You have to plan out which tickets you want and their website always crashes. And it was like this stressful thing. And I was at brunch at the time with uh, with my vagina squad, which is uh, one of the, my friends that's a midwife, my other friend that's a, a GYN. And they're like, should we help you? And uh it was this whole big thing, but I got my tickets. I it's got hilarious. It, it's ridiculous, but I got all my tickets. I'm ready to go. Um, and so with personally, I don't know about you guys. If you live somewhere that gets cold, I get bad seasonal depression when it gets dark, when it gets, you know, crummy outside. Um, and so one of the things that I do is I look forward to things. And so I got my Hanson Day tickets. I'm all set. I'm going to, you know, go crush it in May. Um, and so that was my self-care was that I did that. And even though it was a little stressful, like I got my tickets, I'm ready to go. Um, and yeah, Hanson, they're my self-care. 
<laughs> that is a <laughs> for sure. <laughs> my and speaking of that, laughter. <laughs> that's my self care. Um, today I was with my friend Monica. Well, I was with my whole book club, and I've talked about the book club in previous episodes. And so I was with the book club, and I talked about recording, you know, later today, and saying I have to uh, bring up a self care. Um, I said, I love to use the book club, but I've already used them before. I don't want to use them again. And my friend Monica said, yes, you can. You can use us. You can talk about laughter because we laugh. So usually we kind of go around the table and talk about whatever is going on in our lives. And and then somewhere in there we start laughing. And it's it's easy to laugh when you're under the influence of anything. But today we laughed over tea. We had Perfect. no we had you know, no substances um, to laugh over. We laughed over tea. And How it, fancy. It was fancy. <laughs> Not really. Um, it, it was just wonderful. And just laughing is, it It um, releases, has, it causes the release of endorphins. Yep. And so that's what sort of makes you feel good because it is this whole seasonal thing is real. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, feeling low in this time of year for us who live in the Northeast. It's a real thing. And so it's crucial. And so that laughing, talking about this. So do we talk about books? Well, sometimes <laughs> we do. Sometimes we don't. Today, Monica gave everyone a, a, a mug that said, we are a drinking club with a book problem. <laughs> because, Perfect. Because that kind of pretty much sums us up. But the other thing I like to do is make plans with my college friends. And when we meet up, we laugh so hard about Mm -hmm. anything you would think we were 15 years old I love that that's part of the thing when I do all my Hanson stuff you know it's it's Hanson obviously I love their music and and that's a big part of me but it's my friends it's my friends from literally all over the country that we get together and we laugh so hard like it yeah exactly that we're like rolling around laughing and that there's nothing better than that and no one's judging and no one's we're just laughing at any old silly thing yep And so all of that, to sum it up for me, is like having something to look forward to. And that applies to your, you know, your Hanson concert Mm -hmm. that's coming up in the spring, too. Give yourself something, a bath, a walk, a cup of tea, a glass of wine, Mm -hmm. or a trip to see Hanson. Mm -hmm. Or gather with friends who you've had for longer than you haven't, which is the case of my college friends. I love that. And so do something like that. Mm -hmm. And that is your self-care. And it can involve spending money or not spending money. Tea usually doesn't cost anything but hot water. There you go. And your tea bag. Ting. Ting. That's the end. Ting. Ting. Right. That's the end of our self-care. <laughs> We'd like to thank Bail Bob Tree Studios, our friends, family, and you who all make this podcast possible. And someone who we haven't... Um, I don't think that we've ever thought to thank Yvonne Padilla, who helped us come up with our brand. Oh, yeah. And we never um, yep. mentioned Yvonne. And, and so she was into it, too. She was. She gave us that little drive. She so. really was. And so we like to thank Yvonne Padilla. She is our our star of the week. Maybe there you we'll, go. we'll have different <laughs> stars of the week. I love that. Eamon already had a turn. He did. He's, he's not due for a little bit. <laughs> so... <laughs> All right. Awesome. You guys, please be sure to subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen. Like us, leave us a review. Um, All of that helps, you know, 
keep this going. Um, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Trust me, we're trying to be a little bit better about it. I'm going to give you guys more updates, I swear. Um, our handle is at the Midwife Crisis Podcast. And you can email us at midwifecrisispodcast at gmail.com. Until the next time, choose inner peace over all else that may be destructive to your soul. That means letting some things go and some people go. This is 2020. Will it matter in 2025 or will you even remember? Just remember your peace. And uh, believe in yourself. All right. Adios. Bye.